and 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 6. And once you have found it, or if you have or not, if you'll stand to your feet and we'll get ready for the reading of God's Word. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how we ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. And let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. You sure are a great God. Lord, when I think of this message tonight, Lord, really a lesson for the idol. Lord, I, I don't think that's really most of us. Most of us have worked hard all day or, or we have worked hard all our life. Maybe now we're enjoying some of the um, wonderful things of retirement. But I don't know necessarily if this is uh, necessarily for, for those in the pews. But I do believe that there are some here that can maybe be challenged by this or learn from this, but even more so uh, know how to help those maybe who are idle. And we can put a tool in our tool belt of what the Bible clearly says and how we should help those, how we should challenge those, what we should do, and uh, what you have for us tonight. I pray that you'll help us as we learn the rest of this book. And what a wonderful uh, book it's been. We sure do love you, Lord. Be with the much, Lord, as we're traveling. Give them safety. Be with each and every uh, lesson going on right now. You'll bless it. Be with those online who are tuning in. May they know they're loved and appreciated. Thank you for bringing the Heavens back. And thank you for the good news for Mary Jane and also Ross LeBron. What a blessing that is. Lord, it's great to see Scott on Sunday as well. And thank you for healing some of our members and bringing them back. What a blessing. Be with those who are still sick and afflicted. Help them. In Jesus' name. Amen. A couple was, oh, you may be seated, sorry. A couple was celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And they were being interviewed because that was such a great feat. And of course, it is a great feat. If you go over here on our wall over here, you'll see many who've been married at least 50 years in our church. But the husband was asked, he said, what was the secret to such a successful long marriage? Well, he said it started on our honeymoon. Then he told the story. He said, for our honeymoon, my wife and I went to the Grand Canyon. And we got some pack mules and we rode down to the bottom of the canyon. And on the way down, uh, my wife's pack mules stumbled a little bit. And so she leaned over and whispered in her ear. And all she heard, all he heard was her say, that's one. Why are you whispering to a mule? And about ten minutes later... Uh, hit a rock and, and she shifted a little bit in the saddle and got a little startled and she leaned over again and she said, that's two. Man, the husband was getting really, what, is, what are you doing? And about 15 minutes later, uh, uh, the, the mule actually stumbled and the lady almost fell off. And she whispered in the ear, that's three. She pulled out a gun and she shot the mule, dead. The husband said, whoa, what are you doing? You can't do that. You can't just shoot animals because they stumble 
on you. And she looked at her husband. She said, that's one. And uh, so anyways, okay. I know it's been a long day. We're tired. Um, but tried to, by the way, that was not a true story. So don't worry, okay. I was totally fabricated by Justinology or something I found online, okay. But I just wanted to give us a little humor. Tonight has nothing to do with the message at all. But hey, now you know, okay. And so, anywho, I will say this. It is 719. I usually, a long message for me is 37 minutes. So I don't know if we're going to be out much past 8 tonight. So if you have children here or teens here, you may have to wait a few months in fellowship, okay? Um, but is it everybody okay with that? We get out before 8, okay? Now i got to put the pressure on. Okay, let's actually get out by 8. Uh, no, I'm teasing. We'll just see what the Lord leads. Um, but I want us to see tonight the, the last few verses here. Paul is writing from Corinth to Thessalonica. And if you remember, he loves Thessalonica. Thessalonica is a great city, but a great church. In just a few weeks, really just blossomed and grew. And it was exciting. And God was doing some great things. But the Jewish leaders were very upset that they were losing uh, some of their followers. And they, they, they rose up people who, lewd fellows who went and disturbed the peace and Basically, uh, it was such an uproar that Paul and Silas were forced to leave or else they could have been killed. And they were really worried about uh, too much oppression being put on these people. And so they left and they went on to Berea. And Paul could not go back and he wanted to. And if you remember, we studied some of this. His heart longed for this. He was desperately searching. He wanted to get back. And so he sent Timothy. Timothy went and checked on him. And to much of his surprise, the church was flourishing, growing all over Macedonia. was hearing about this and the gospel. And man, they were just excited. Well, then he gets into Thessalonians, uh, 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 the second book of Thessalonians. And now he's writing because there was some concern. There were some Judaizers that were creeping in, some religious leaders that were creeping in and saying, Paul said that the Lord's actually returned. And this really troubled the people because they, they, they were getting all this uh, oppression. They were getting all this uh, 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 persecution. And they're thinking, oh, man, the Lord's returned. Well, what's the use? Why should we even live life? And so Paul deals with that in chapter 2. Then he gets to chapter 3 and he kind of deals with their idleness, their idleness. And so really tonight the message is a lesson to idleness. He gives a, he gives a clarification on some things. He gives a command from the Lord to two different types of people. And then he gives a charge to the Christian today. And so I want us to see three things tonight. Number one, if you're writing, the command to the church. The command to the church. And then we see that in verse number six. The Bible says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a command from God. This isn't just a command from Paul. And he says, Hey, I noticed some things. I want to get to, you know, he goes, This is a command from God. And I want to give you this command. And this command is simple it's that you withdraw yourselves. From every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. So he gives a command that you need to withdraw yourself. That word withdrawal is the same word that we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 20, avoiding this. It's the same Greek root word, and that withdrawal was simple. You need to avoid these people. You need to avoid them. Who are these people? What do we need to avoid? Well, I see three responsibilities, three responses to this command. And the first response was the Christian's excuse. The Christian's excuse. And Paul says you need to withdraw. You need to avoid those who are idle. 
Have you ever been in an apartment complex maybe or been on a, piece, on a store parking lot and you see a sign that says no loitering? You know, what does that mean? They don't want people just hanging out being idle doing nothing. Why? My teacher always used to say as a little boy, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. <laughs> and keep busy or else the devil will get you busy. And so Paul says, don't loiter, don't idle. There's something for us to do. We see that in verse 10. For even when we are with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So he's talking about idleness here. And we see two different reasons why they could have been idle. They are idle because of lack of instruction. And they were waiting. They said, well, God had already come back and we don't know what to do. We don't know what we're supposed to do now. And so they're waiting for instruction and Paul gives it to them. We see the same thing in Matthew 20, verse number 6. Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 6, it says, In about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And he saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that ye shall receive. I have uh, four wonderful children, and uh, they love doing homework. Like homework is their... Mrs. Rogers, I can't believe you'd laugh at that, okay? No, they, they don't like doing homework. Okay? And it's funny to me how they're going through and they get stumped on number three. So what do they do? Do they go on to number four and then come back to number three? Do they go under number five and then come at the very end, come back to number three? No, what do they do? They stop on number three. And you know what they say when you ask them why they stopped? I was waiting on you to help me. And my response is the same every time. Skip it, go to the next one, and then I'll come and help you. Or mommy will come and help you in a little bit. But it's interesting here how these people became idle because they didn't know what to do. But there's another reason why they were idle. They were idle because of lack of motivation. In other words, there was no reason for them to work because of the return of the Lord. So because they had zero lack of motivation, it led to idleness. Now, they weren't necessarily lazy. They just had no reason left to give effort to. And they were more or less irresponsible. They weren't adequately using their time. And a lot of times in these days, the Romans were patriarch. They, they were very wealthy. And so those who were the Greeks and those uh, Jew, Jews from Jerusalem and probably those in this church, they would go and, and they wouldn't necessarily work for these people. They weren't their slaves, but they were able to live on their property and live on their homes. And these people would basically give them a little money uh, ever from time to time. And basically they got free lodging if they would do stuff for them. The problem was a lot of the stuff that they would end up doing was uh, the, the shady stuff. The stuff that the Roman leaders didn't want to get stuck doing, but they had these other people doing. Paul says, wait a minute here. You need to get busy doing the right thing, not busy doing the wrong thing. And so we see tonight a lack of uh, instruction and lack of motivation. By the way, we are created to work. Genesis 2.15, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That's what our command was. We, we, got, we are created for a purpose. Um, this afternoon I knocked some doors a little bit and I went to a house and a man came out and, and uh, he said, what you doing? I said, well, I'm passing out invitations from our church. I want to invite you to come. He said, oh. He goes, I thought you were passing out rent slips that our rent's going up again. I said, no, actually what I'm giving is 
a free gift, you know. And I started witnessing to him a little bit. He goes, I'm a firm believer. He says, I, I, I don't, I've quit attending Churchill because the Lord's going to come back. There's no use. You know, there's going to be World War III's coming, and man, we're just going to, we're going to be destroyed, and God could come back probably tomorrow, and so there's no use. And I said, sir, I said, I can see where you're coming from, but you have to forgive me. I'm 35. I have four young kids. I don't want to live my life in doomsday, you know. I get that you read the news, you watch it and all that, and you think life's going to fall apart tomorrow. And I'm not saying we, I love our way our country's going, but I am saying I believe we can still do something about it until Christ returns. And uh, we talked for a little bit, and by the end of it, he said, you know what, I might come visit you. He says, I, I think maybe God could use me to impact someone's life. I said, praise the Lord, you know. Because, you, you know, I'd rather you impact someone for the right than to spread doom and gloom. But the point I'm getting at is, this is what was happening in this church. Good Christian people lost all their motivation to work. They, they thought, well, why, why should I share the gospel? God's already come back, so what's the big deal? And you know what? I, I, it's not that I don't want to be busy. It's not that I, wanna, I don't want to be productive. I just, I've lost all desire for that. And so we see idleness because of lack of motivation. So what is this application for you and me today? What should be my attitude to work as a Christian? Well, someone said, not self-centered, but steward-centered. You know, the unsaved tends to live for themselves. The saved tends to live for God, right? May we, instead of being self-centered, let's be a good steward of our resources, of our abilities, of our talents, of our gift, and of our energy for the cause of Christ. So we see, first of all, their first response to this command was an excuse. I know we should be doing this, but there's a reason why we're not. So Paul says, okay, let me give you an example. So we see, second of all, the Christian's example. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, For yourselves know, and Paul's going on here, he says, You know how you ought to follow us. He says, You know how you're supposed to follow us. You know. Well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says there, For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. He says, You remember those first few weeks? Maybe even those first few months that we were there in Thessalonica? How did we, what, how did we act? What did we do? And God used us to build a great work there. And God can use you to further that work. And he says there in verse number 8, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Paul says, hey, we gave you a great example Man, we toiled night and day, we labored, we didn't become a burden to you, we became a blessing to you. We provided for ourselves, just like you should be providing for your family. We didn't come to freeload, no, we didn't come to get a free ride, we came to be a blessing. Not because we have power, not power in verse number 9, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us, for even when we, verse 10... We're with you. This we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. You know what? Paul says, hey, I'm going to give, I gave you an example, by the way. I lived my life. There's something different. I'm, I know you noticed that. By the way, may I say, when you're actively serving the Lord, you're, you're busy. You know, I remember several months ago, I, I, I signed up my first people for discipleship, and 
We discipled that couple before long. We had another and another. And then we were following up on people and God started blessing and people started coming to our class and this and that. And it was amazing how busy we became. Hey, when you're fulfilling the Great Commission, you're going to be busy. And Paul says, hey, you know what we did when we went there. We declared the gospel. I've preached this so many times since I've been here. I don't need to go through it again in Thessalonica. But we remember, he declared the gospel. He reasoned with them. He opened the word of God. He discoursed with them. He, 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 he taught them. And, and, and they received the word of God. He, he encouraged them. He prodded them. They accepted Christ as their Savior. God did a work in their life. The Greeks and, and, and the Jews and people started getting saved and the word of God started spreading and before long they were so busy and then they got kicked out and guess what? They sat down and did nothing. I don't know. Where'd they go? They went to Berea. They got kicked out of Berea. Where'd they go? They went to Athens and then to Corinth. They were, Paul was always moving, always trying to do the work of the ministry. So we see the Christians, the church's excuse, Christians' excuse. We see the Christians' example. But notice the third of all uh, how they responded to this command. The Christians' Edification. What does Paul say in verse number 11? For we hear that there are some of you which walk among you disorderly. Now, not everyone there was lazy. Not everyone there was irresponsible. Not everyone there was not doing what they were supposed to do. This church was getting a bad rap because a few people. Isn't that the case usually? You know, you have to get on and correct a class. And you're like, you guys need to get with it. When in reality, there's only a few of them that are really causing problems. But Paul says, hey, I want to edify you a little bit. Which walk, walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. You know what Paul's edification was? Don't be a busybody. So what is a busybody? Well, let's first of all look at disorderly. Disorderly. The word disorderly there means unruly, out of rank. It was a military term. It was when you, you weren't where you're supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to be here and you're over there and things were not getting done right. Things were not going smoothly. And uh, uh, the other day we were uh, been chopping wood, getting ready for winter that's coming, you know, this weekend. But getting ready for that. And, and we had I had chopped a bunch of wood and we were pulling it up. And I said, all right, guys, I told my kids, let's make a little chain and let's stack it inside. Man, that chain was going great until one of them said, oh, I got to go get something. Okay. You know, 10 minutes later, where did that something go? You know? And the chain was disrupted. And that's what happened here. It was unruly. It was, it was out of rank. It wasn't right. It, something had gone astray. The Bible says, working not at all. In other words, they were there, but they weren't contributing. Always critic, crit, critiquing other people. And those are someone who critiques people. They will not ever critique themselves. You know, I have 16 complaints to make. Okay, can I tell you the 32 I have about you? You know, it's like, it's amazing how people can critique and they find this one little speck, but there's actually a moat in their eye. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 4, Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So what's happening here? Well, let me illustrate it this way. I showed this the other day in staff meeting. But have you ever been getting ready for a big family gathering? You know, I remember growing up when we would have Christmas at my house, it was like 500 laymans would come over, you know. Maybe more like 50, okay. But we'd, we'd get there and my mom was like, okay, 
we got to clean the whole house, every inch. Because Aunt, Great Aunt Sally's going to want to go up into that one room, you know, and check it out, you know, just be nosy. So, man, we'd get going. We'd start cleaning with all this stuff. And about that time, one of them, one of the kids, we had seven kids in our family, one of them would sneak out and be working outside, you know. About 15 minutes later, it's, where's so-and-so? It could have been me sometimes, too, but where's so-and-so? Why? When not everyone's doing their part, what happens? Wait a minute here. How are they allowed to go out and play? That's not fair. Well, that's what's happening in this church. The unity's being broken up because someone's disorderly, someone's out of rank, someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Paul says, hey, 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 you need to get back in tune. You need to quit being gossiping. You need to quit, uh, 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 quit being a busybody. Quit being in other people's business when you really should be tending to your own business. So Paul gives a command here. There's three responses to this command. We see the Christian's excuse. They are idle because they didn't know what to do. They're idle because they had lack of motivation. Paul says, okay, let me give you a Christian example, and then let me edify you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop getting in everyone else's business Stop working for these Roman patriarchs that are getting you to do all these things for them. No, focus on doing what's best for you and how to further your own uh, uh, life there. So then we go on to number two. We see a clarification to the idol. And Paul says, okay, I'm going to get, not idol, but idol. I am going to teach a little bit to those who are idle. Okay, so let's look at this. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 12, he, he gives some clarifications. First of all, a clarification to your profession. The Bible says, Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. I see several things here. Paul says, hey, first of all, regarding your profession, you need to work. You need to do it. You know, you need to be the best you can at that. Get busy. And then he says how to perform when you're at work. He says work quietly. You know, does that mean you can't talk? No, no, no. That means not bringing drama or irritation or complaint into the workplace, but instead being that problem solver and helping to get the work done. Man, I say that, that, that makes for a, a nice, healthy culture and a healthy workplace. Why? When everybody is, instead of finding all the wrong things, they're focusing on all the right things and they're helping solve the problems. You know, I, I don't know how many times in my life I have, I've seen this happen. You know, irritations can happen and instead, well, I'm glad you gave me this problem, but let's, let's help fix this problem. Let's help solve this problem. And Paul says, hey, instead of being idle, work, work quietly. And then he says, not only your profession, how to perform, but how to provide. He says in verse number 12, provide for yourselves. Now them that are such, we command and exhort that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Once again, they were living in these Roman patriarch houses and they were eating their food and they were eating, but they had to do some pretty sketchy things. He says, no, go make money and eat your own bread. Eat what you have worked for. You eat that. And then last of all, number three, I want us to see a charge to the Christian. A charge to the Christian. So we see a command to the church. We see uh, the, the, the excuse 
idleness because of lack of instruction, lack of motivation. We see the Christian's example. We see the Christian's edification. Then we see a clarification to the idol. You need to be working in your profession. You need to be performing the right way. You need to be providing for yourselves. Then lastly, our charge to the Christian. And here's where I really want to spend maybe a tad bit of time here tonight. And this is really the thought. How do you, how do you respond to those who are idle? How do you respond to those people who maybe are a little lazy, maybe those who are irresponsible, those who you've tried and tried to help, but it seems like you just keep going in a circle with them? You know, how do you respond to those people? And Paul says, hey, I want to teach you a little bit tonight. I, I love people. I, I, I love to help people. I really do. But I've learned in about 15 years of ministry now that there are some people that are really worth investing in. There's some people that are really worth helping. Who are those people? Well, let's look at it tonight. Uh, first of all, we see our weariness. The charge there is to our weariness. Look at verse number 13. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Doesn't it get wearisome sometimes doing, helping people out all the time? You know, you finally get home and you get a phone call. Hey, brother! I know you're my best friend. I haven't talked to you in a year, but I have a piano to move. And you're young and strong. Could you come help me? Of course. You know, After a while of helping people, you start getting wearisome. And you start getting a little bit tired. And Paul says, hey, don't be weary and well-doing. What does the Bible also say? Uh, if you'll, you reap, if you'll reap if you faint not. Keep on going in the ministry. Keep on helping people. Work is good, not bad. Be diligent in helping people. Be patient with people, especially those who are sometimes just don't quite get it, but they're starting to grow. Be patient with them. Then he gives us our wariness. It's different than weariness. Our wariness. In other words, what are we supposed to be watchful for? What are we supposed to be careful about? Look at verse number 14. And if any man obey not our word by this apostle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Paul says, hey, I've I've given you the proper instruction. I've taught you the right way. Now, if someone refuses to do that and they just want to freeload, they just want to take advantage of you, they only come around when they need something, hey, mark that person. Because if they're not willing to do what the Word of God says, if they're not willing to grow, if they're not willing to, to, to uh, get closer to the Lord, if they're not willing to even show up to church or even read their Bible, if they're not willing to do what it takes, and hey, whoa, mark that person. I'm not saying you don't love them, but I may not be able to invest heavily in that person. But who should we invest in? Well, <clears throat> before we get into that, we got to look at verse number 15. Yet count him not as an enemy but admonish him as a brother. You know what the Bible says? Don't have company with them that he may be ashamed. In other words, don't affirm, don't encourage his laziness, his idleness, his, his lack of responsibility. Don't, don't affirm that and say, you know what? It's okay, I'll help you out again. There's nothing wrong with helping someone out. But if they're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, oh, wait a minute here. I think I want to put my resources into someone who really does want to change, really does want to grow as a Christian, a new convert maybe who really is hungry for the Word of God. I'd rather invest in them 
than someone who is just going to take my resources. and never, It's like this. If I was going to an investor and said, okay, I'm going to give you $100 every month. And every month I came back to him and says, okay, how's my money doing? You know what? I, got, I lost all $100 of you. Oh, really? Okay. Here, let me, let me give you another chance. You know, after 14 months, how much money do we have now? You know what? You've given me $1,400, but I have $0 for you. What are you doing with it? You know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't know what I'm doing. You would probably say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go try someone else to work. That's actually going to do something with it. And the Bible's here teaching us, commit thou to faithful men. But what if your brother struggles with this stuff? What should we do? Well, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 18. The Bible says you need to go to him one-on-one and say, hey, I'm going to address something with you. We have a problem here. You're, you're being irresponsible. You're being lazy. You're not willing to do what God's, the word of God said to do. And they say, ah, I don't want to hear it. What do you do then? You take a brother with you. If they won't, then you take a group of people to you and say, hey, we love you. We want to help you. And if they still say no, then what do we do? Well, let's find someone who really does honestly want help. So then Paul just kind of wraps things up with, okay, kind of giving you some hard things here, but I want to just show you how much I love you and appreciate you. The Bible says in verse 16, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you. You know, Paul says, I've talked about uh, uh, your weariness. I've talked about your wariness. I need to be careful. I've talked about your warnings, but I want to give you some ways to live your life. I want you to be gentle. I want you to give clear instruction. The Bible says there, and give peace always by all means. Lord be with you all in the salutations of Paul, which mine own hand, which is a token in every epistle. So I write the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. May God be with you. May God give you peace. May God give you grace. May the Lord himself be with you. I find it interesting. When you look at who Jesus invested in, he picked 12 disciples. I'm reading a little bit about this. He could have picked the religious leaders, the Sadducees. He could have picked the uh, prolific religious leaders of that day. But who did he pick? He took, picked 12 men who were fishermen, tax collector. They were workers. They didn't have what it took. But God knew that if they were willing to let him fill them, and they were willing to get busy, they were going to change the world upside down. It's kind of precarious. If those 12 men would have rejected God and never followed him, how would the gospel continue on? But Jesus invested in those men that few people would have never invested in. But there was something about them. Though they weren't far from perfect, they had a hunger for God, and they were going to allow God to use them. I want to encourage you tonight, when you help people out, look for those who need help but who also are willing to let you point them to Jesus Christ and are willing to take what your help and grow. Remember several years ago, there was a family in our church in Turlock, and they, they were kind of, had a lot of things. They were a mess, really. They were just a mess. We started discipling, and after a time, they really started getting things back together. 
man, God was really working in their life. They started serving in our church and, and growing. She would help cook meals for our Wednesday night class. And he was helping uh, with the sound and uh, security and a few other things. They were really growing. He was a very hard worker. He was a brick mason. And uh, he was a journeyman. And he, was, he would carry those bricks all the way to the top of these high buildings. And they would do all these things for dairies and all this stuff. He was really a hard worker. He went through a financial class we had and discipleship and several things. Man, God really started using this couple. And he said, you know, Pastor Justin, I'd love to get out of these apartments I'm in sometime. He said, man, because you wouldn't believe what goes on in this complex. He said, it's just awful. One day, I've shared this story before, he came out and his truck window was all smashed in. Some, some neighbor just got drunk one night and just started throwing stuff around. Police weren't doing anything about it. He ended up having to get it fixed on his own. And he said, I just love to get out of here. I said, well, just keep, keep doing right. Keep working. See what God does. Last uh, August, we were there and uh, got to visit there. And I, I said, how are things going? He says, Pastor Justin. He said, we got our own place. He said, we're still renting it, but we got a house. He said, our kids have a backyard. He says, let me tell you about what God did. I mean, it, it was impossible to find. No one could find anything. He said, and God just opened up a door. He says, I walk through. I, we walk through it. And, and, and I don't know what to say other than God did it. I said, you know what, Orlando, I think God's blessing your faithfulness to him and your hard work. I want to encourage you tonight. There's people all over this world today that need someone, first of all, to point them to Jesus. They need someone who's going to take the time to disciple them and invest in them. But, but they, need it, they, they need it to show the growth. And when they do, keep investing in them. I, I don't know how many times, and, and I know I'm young, I'm not trying to brag or say I'm anyone special, but I watch so many other pastors uh, uh, that, that never really, their ministries never grew. And I would have conversations with them, and I'd see that, 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 that they were investing in people who, who, who just kept sucking them dry. I'm not saying we shouldn't help the lost. Please don't misunderstand me. We shouldn't help the poor. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we shouldn't love people and help people along. But I am saying we need to be wise who we invest all our resources and time in. May we invest in people who want to know, they want to grow, and they want God to change their life. They want to be like the disciples who, God, we don't know why you picked us. Why would you choose us? But I know one thing. I can follow you, I can spend time with you, I can work hard, and I can let you flow through me and do great things for you. So I want to challenge us a little bit tonight. I think Paul was teaching this church, hey, there's a way to do things. Be a hard worker. Serve the Lord. Take care of yourself. Be proud of what you've been able to accomplish with God's help. And don't get sucked into laziness, irresponsibility, or, 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 or not. No, no, stay busy serving the Lord and God will bless, especially where we live in America. I mean, I, I was in Honduras and I was just amazed at the way people live. I got an email today from uh, uh, a missionary in Vietnam and he said uh, there's, uh, they, they work for a dollar a day in this, uh, uh, in this uh, 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 she and, and shoe, actually the shoe company and they make these shoes and they come down from the mountains and they'll work and they'll live in these just dirty filthy apartments just so they can get enough money to send it home and we don't live in a country like that if we put our mind to something if we work hard and if if we if we follow the lord it's amazing how god can open up doors for us 
I just want to encourage us tonight to be a church that understands that we want to reach people, but we also want to be intelligent and smart on who we invest in. And we want to help people grow, lead people to Christ, and invest in them and show them the right way. And if they catch it, just keep working with them. I promise you, I believe God will keep rewarding us and sending us more people to steward and show the right way to God. I want to encourage us tonight to understand that there's a command from God not to be idle. We have the right example Paul gave us. I think most of us are pretty good in this area. You've worked hard today, most of you. Almost all of you probably did. So I think more of this is for us tonight to who are we going to invest in? Who are we going to give our resources to? Who are we going to spend time with? Who are we going to teach and to train? Let's find those who maybe are rough around the edges. Maybe they have a long way to go, but they have a hunger for God and they really want God to work in their life. And let's spend that time investing and training them. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Uh, Just some thoughts from God's word. Our clarification to the idol. If you are idle, may I encourage you to work your profession. uh, Work quietly, not bring drama, irritation, complaint. But instead, bring problem solving. uh, Get the work done and provide uh, for your family. And then a charge to Christian. Even when when we are working and when we are helping those... When we are ministering, we're going to get weariness, but don't grow weary. Keep on keeping on, Paul says. And may we be careful who we associate with, who we affirm. May we not affirm the laziness, the idleness, the, the, the irresponsibility of people, but instead uh, warn them and teach them and say, this isn't the right way. Let's do it the right way. May we invest in them. May we be gentle about it. May we be clear about it. And may God go with us. May his peace and grace and may his help Him help us as we minister to people. I really believe God has a lot of people for us to reach in this area. Man, thousands have been reached through the years. But many more. But it's going to be hard. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time. It's going to take sweat. It's going to take patience. It's going to take gentleness. It's going to take weariness. But may we not stop loving people telling people about Jesus, but may we invest in those people who really do want it, who really do want to know about God. May we invest in may we teach them, may we train them, may we help them uh, undo uh, those knots in their life with God's help, with God's word, and may we see what God does through them. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. Uh, Lord, this passage is a good reminder, I think. Lord, once again, I, I don't believe that we have a lazy church or lazy people. I I think almost everyone here tonight are probably busy, and they do as much as they can, Lord, for you. But maybe maybe you're challenging one or two, or three or four people. Maybe they could grow a little bit in this area. Maybe they are a a sour apple, or maybe they are a, a complainer. Maybe they are always bringing drama. I don't know. But if they are, I pray you'll challenge them in that area. Lord, I pray you'll help us... Uh, Maybe we, we lack motivation to serve you because what's the use? Our world's just a mess. Our country's a mess. So what's the use? Maybe we realize that the darker the night, the brighter the light. And Lord, we're sinned about there's much, much grace more abound. And we can do something. We can make a difference. We're seeing you do that on a daily, weekly basis at our church. And so may we continue to keep at it. And not just say, oh, well, woe is me. Let's just live in doom until the Lord comes. No, may we be busy serving you until you come. Work for the night is coming. When man works no more. 
Or maybe there's someone here tonight that, uh, Lord, uh, is struggling with who to invest in. And they've poured and poured resources in the people that just won't ever take it. Or may they still love those people. May they still be there for them. But may they instead spend their resources and time and talents and gifts and the people who really do want it. They want to invest in them. They're worth investing in. May they do that. May we reproduce ourselves and other people. And what I mean by that is the love for you and the, the desire to reach the lost and to disciple and train people for you. I pray we'll be, be busy doing your work. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that does not know for sure they're going to heaven. I don't know. I'm not always in here on Wednesday night. Lord, often I'm down with a parenting class. But Lord, maybe there's someone here tonight that does not know you as their personal Savior. Maybe you've convicted their heart. Lord, I pray you'll touch their heart tonight. May they come to faith in you. May they accept you into their life. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. We're going to have a brief invitation. Maybe the Lord's touched your heart. I know it's a little bit of an interesting message for those who've worked all day. But I hope tonight we can learn, if we are idle, to stay, get busy again. If we have lacked our, we've lost our motivation to serve the Lord, may, may we reinstall that tonight. If maybe we're, we are being idle, we are drama-filled, may we get that right. Or maybe we have been investing in trying to help people. and May we find the right people to invest in. It might be rough around the edge, but they have a hunger for God. They want to know God. May we love and invest in them. May we train them. May we teach them. May we help them along. I think God can allow us to do that if we'll say, Lord, here am I. I feel like I'm just a disciple. I'm just a fisherman. No one's special. And God says, yes, but stay with me for a little bit and I'll make you special. May we allow God to use us to do something great for him. Thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, what a great group. I know we've had a lot of teens, a lot of young adults, a lot of kids tonight. Thank you for being here. I hope you know that. Appreciate you. Uh, we love you. We pray for you uh, often. Um, hope you could be here Sunday and already be praying what God would have you do for our missions. I'm going to say we have several missionaries we want to bring on that are doing a good job, doing a good work in several different countries. Uh, we'd like to uh, help maybe raise a little money for a future missions trip for uh, next year, we're already planning another missions trip. And so I want to encourage you to pray about what God would have you do. And thank you for your faithfulness. God bless you. You are dismissed. Got you out two minutes before a fellowship for a little bit. And enjoy the evening.